This is a 38 Madison production. One thing that we've heard over and over and over again is we ain't got no infrastructure. We don't have the things and the support from our government. Um, you know, there are a lot of tax credits in, in Atlanta. There are a lot of, you know, arts programs that are supported by the industry there. So, mm. like, um, Mayor Bowser, you you know, like, yeah. let's put up some money. Let's, um let you know, somebody like a Wale, somebody, um, Kenny, come back. You know, and, and and put that put a bag up. Yeah, a lot know? of people don't know. Like when you see a lot of programs that were um shot in Atlanta, when you see that Georgia Peach at the end or that mm-hmm. here that made in Georgia, that's a tax write-off. Yeah, it's already a tax write-off to shoot in Georgia, but you get an extra write-off just by putting that that made in Georgia logo at the end of your stuff. And no one and we haven't figured that out. <laughs> yeah. I think you yeah. know they I, probably they don't, I don't care. care. We have to put two drumsticks <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a bonus, yeah. Welcome back to another episode of Homegrown, where we make the amazing attempt of tying all the loose pieces of Washingtonian DC culture. Now, the most beautiful thing about DC is we're only roughly around, what, 10 square miles. I'm not one of those haters. I I include parts of Maryland. I include parts of Virginia. But it is very, very, very steeped in a particular culture. And we we have something to say. You know, hate still from Andre 3000, but we got something to say. (laughs) And and, and we're unique. We're beautifully unique in the space that there's nothing else like it. And quietly, we've humbly let everybody take. Mm -hmm. So this is our opportunity to tell what we are doing, what we have done, and why the universe has decided that we're a great place to take from. I said this in the other one. We are the black pool from which 90% of everything swelled from. Mm-hmm. Wow. Fashion, music, politics. That was right? it. That was but very decent. today we're talking about <laughs> an amazing documentary that everyone is clamoring about. All right? It's called Almost to Awesome. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, been put together for the last two and a half years by some amazing people who have put in countless hours of creating it and got enough footage to do the documentary at least 11 times. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah, most definitely. I 13. mean, when I found, when I, because uh, I sat down with you guys for two and a half, three hours. For sure. And that was me alone. Yeah. And I'm a part of a very big, 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 big puzzle. Mm-hmm. And I know that the amount of footage and stuff you guys, but, but I digress. I, I, what I want to do is introduce you to each person, but I always start with the introduce, uh, introduction of myself. Now, this documentary is about hip-hop and hip-hop in D.C. Now, first glance, everybody goes, hip-hop, D.C. You know, you know, the, the left eyebrow goes up a little further because mm-hmm. immediately we're associated with Go-Go, as we should be. But how many of you understand that Go-Go music is part of the lifeblood of the beginning of hip-hop? Mm-hmm. Those park jams had multiple Go-Go breakbeats in it. Mm-hmm. So Cool Herc, Flash, Bam, they played some very classic Go-Go records, maybe that four and a half seconds of it, that was the break, mm-hmm. but they were Go-Go records. Talk to them, about So it's always been infused <laughs> in it, and if you ask any true music historian, they will tell you Go-Go is the most dangerous music. Mm-hmm. Go-Go is the most dangerous music based on the fact that the musicianship and that it can mold into whatever it is. We've seen Go-Go take reggae records. We've seen Go-Go take Adele. Mm-hmm. We've seen Go-Go take... 
uh, jazz standards. Mm-hmm. We've seen Go-Go take Rafael Sadiq. We've seen Go-Go. Sade. Sade. We've mm-hmm. seen Go-Go take anything mm-hmm. and make it to its own, so it's the most dangerous music. But there's a rich hip-hop history here because they've run hand-in-hand. No doubt. Uh, with me, hip-hop took me over in 1984. First rap record I ever purchased, Roxanne Roxanne, for mm. my cousin for Christmas. But that's another story. Um, and I watched and enveloped in hip-hop for a while and watched it here grow, stall, mm-hmm. start and stall. Stall and stall and stall, stall again. Stall and stall and failure to launch. Yeah, I've seen that whole thing the whole time. So I have uh, the, the director... And producers of this amazing film here, I have my man Naeem Cobb, also known as Six Shooter. Oh, my government! Um, my government is oh, out. Oh man, come cut on, that! Bro. Cut <laughs> it! Cut it! Cut it out! Cut my it! Man, Six Shooter. Uh, but no, nah, what I want to share with them is watching you become a filmmaker. Um, all I know is he was working at KYS with me in the promotions department. Very charismatic guy. He's tall. He's dark skinned He had dreads. Girls, you know, found found their way to him the whole nine. I watched that play out. And um, but then one day his close friend Tabby Bonet tells him to pick up a camera. He picks it up. We never see him again. He kind of just <laughs> runs off and starts doing stuff. And next thing you know, every three and a half local videos from this area are shot by him. The so, best ones. The best ones. So oh, it starts out with that. being filmed by Tabby. And six, then it's just six. Then it's just six. And it just, it happens for almost five years straight. Like, if you were going to do a video here, you were going to him. So, uh, watching him turn that up, I wanted to say I was very proud of you, but, but that leap of faith is amazing. Mm-hmm. Because, um... And scary. It's scary, and and, yeah. and I think that's part of, that's always been part of DC's problem with the hip-hop scene. Mm-hmm. It's a failure to launch. Mm. It's scary. And I, as I speak to you, I speak to myself. Everything you want is on the other side of failing. For and sure. that's hard to hear. Facts. That's hard to hear. I don't care where you are in your life. You can be seven, you can be 77. That fear of failing and failing in front of people, that's, that's the hard part. Failing alone, we can upset, but failing in front of people is where it gets really hard at. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we have the gentleman bio here who was here when I did my interview thing. It's just amazing to watch him pull out these beautiful secrets. I'll, I'll share this. During my segment, I cried. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was a, So when they yeah. were filming me, we got to a certain segment where we talked about a friend of mine, and I cried. And they kept filming. And I didn't even mind. So uh, he has an amazing ability to pull out the deeper parts. Because, um, like I said, we're all a deep black well. And I wanted to have them both come here to talk about this amazing documentary, why it's important, why they shot it. Why is it taking so long? How is the process of gathering all these people? So I want to start at the infancy. Bio. Why? Because the, the why is why you, it's been two, three and a half years. Because everyone stops after they can't remember the why. Mm-hmm. So tell me about the why. Why was um, our, our good friend Baki Thomas, used to be produ- um, manager for, for Tabby Bonet. He, he felt that there were so many stories in, in the D.C. hip-hop history that was untold. Everybody just thinks hip-hop, they think Wale, and just automatically, you know? And um, But there are literally hundreds of, maybe even thousands of stories um, that go untold that are amazing. And hence the title, Almost to Awesome, and the awesome being kind of Wale, but all the almost stories that were kind of just right there mm. to being... 
as big or are bigger than Wale, but you know, for whatever reason, it didn't work out. So Baki wanted to tell those stories, and and me and Six, we were there for. It. We were like, yeah, let's tell these stories. Like first person you guys got to interview, like the first one, you're like, okay, let's start here. Who did you decide to start with? Ooh, who was the first person? Um, was it was it nonchalant doing the um, first? When we, when we, when I, the first time I started, we started with with Kokai. Who is a, a, mm-hmm. a wealth of information? It was a, it was a mixed bag that day. You, you um, street ambassador. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just knows like yourself, just knows so much about about DMV history. Um, yeah, we early we got nonchalant, but it, you know, it we got people as we could get them. Also, you know, it wasn't mm-hmm. about we started with the most important person. We tried to get the most important person, but you know, like you, Iron, you took like we we yeah. <laughs> you got like fifteen scheduling. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk, let's talk about know? that. It took, yeah. we, had, we had to schedule Iron about ten times. Hey. That just show you the level. You know, say so Wale was like eleven, Iron was like ten. You know what I'm saying? Just, just yeah. to show you what level he's at. You know? Exactly. Wow. But we had to get Iron no matter how many times. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you guys. Um. It, with each time, it was just a scheduling issue. But when the schedule opened, man, I, I was very anxious to do it based on the fact that um, with the with the history of, of hip hop in DC, mm-hmm. you're right. It 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 had first of all, it was getting told by Washingtonians versus mm-hmm. someone from the outside, mm-hmm. right? And there are very important parts that I just think were, were just underserved mm-hmm. because before there was the rap scene, there was a there was a b-boy hip-hop scene, like mid-80s. Right. Nobody's talking about that. Nobody's talking about the breakdance scene of D.C. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Frank Ski is right. literally mm-hmm. the epicenter of. Right. You know no what I'm saying? Doubt. And, and, and uh, uh, what was it? I, his crew was called the IBM crew. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and all that Splinter Cell stuff. And Lord Lyell uh, from this rap group called The Beggars that were really running tandem, tandem with Wu-Tang. Okay. So what if I told you DC had its own Wu-Tang at the same time Wu-Tang was happening? Mm-hmm. And they were friends. Yeah, you talked about that in your interview. We were. We they were, were literally yeah, friends. So we RZA and this guy on the phone all day mm-hmm. talking karate movies and breakbeats. <laughs> the whole day. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing happening. So I think those stories need to be told. Um, one of the things that I think people really get messed up is that I think the failure to launch is because everyone wanted to be first. Yeah, I mean, I would say, yeah, every, yeah, everybody wants to be first. That That's for sure. And then we had, like, you know, you know, jumping out there, wanting to be a rapper was 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 Bamify. You know what I'm saying? I was about to say mm-hmm. Bamish, but I'm trying to keep it radio. It was, was Bamify. Like, it wasn't, that wasn't, I don't, you know, I don't even remember, like, a, a huge rush, I mean, from the street side until maybe 2000 or something like that, when people kind of started rap. But it was still was like, oh, you on that New York, or you, you know, oh, you're not rapping with a go-go band, or, you know what I mean? And we mm-hmm. have, like, you know, we talk about that, and, like, and it's our culture to not go too far, because that's, that's bamified. Like, really, let's take your situation, right? I called you, like, ten times or something like that. Back in the day, if I didn't know you like that, I'd call you once. I'm like, oh, he, he saw my phone call. I, you know what I'm saying? He saw, I called twice. I'm not calling him back. You know what I mean? And that's, you know, that's a bridge. Imagine all those bridges of people doing stuff like that. Um, the culture we come from, you know, me and Bio talk about that all the time. Like, man, call him back a third time. Call him back a fourth time. Let's not get on our, how we grew up so we can expand. You know what I'm saying? But I, I, And I always said, just add this, the first 20, that all through the 80s and 90s is almost like this big competition of, we're not gonna be like New York, like that. I feel like that's that. If you had to summarize one big through line of that, we're that whole time is like yeah. we're not gonna be like them Bamas. I don't. Yeah. We're not gonna follow, then be do hip hop. We have go go. Mm-hmm. Like screw that. Yeah. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting is that, as much as they 
hip hop uh, and rap, mm. true DC people who didn't really fall into the the DC uh, the the New York state of mind of hip hop, mm -hmm. how they easily gravitated to Houston. Mm -hmm. So everything on rap a lot worked. Mm -hmm. yeah. Big Mike, like wait a minute, so you Big Mike over Rock him like how? Mm -hmm. Hey. <laughs> Hey, hello! Like, yeah. like, 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 and 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 and, and it was no problem for them. It was they were unshook and un, un unwavered in that. Mm -hmm. But there were, you know, there, there were these uh people really trying. Like, um, okay, of course, everybody remembers DC Scorpio, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Vinny D, fifty five dollar motel. Mm -hmm. that was a big shout record. out to DC Scorpio, who's somebody who we tried to get fifteen times, for sure, for sure, for sure. <laughs> who like flaked on us a million times, <laughs> but yeah. you know, gave us a great interview at the yeah. end of the day. But um. Yeah, yeah, he he, he flaked on. And, it, it is, and it's, you know the points you bring up, it talks to is like, is uh, us again, right? We be like, man, we not we not from the south. We ain't now. Somebody say we got a country accent. We like, man, we ain't no southern band. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? But mm -hmm. yeah, we love Houston. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. We love I, most of the music we like is you know Tupac, who is not you know quintessential New York. Right. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? West Coast and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a I think it's a mix of like. Us, we just have to be different. Like I said, from our socks to our New Balance to our, it, you know, we took pride in like being the opposite of whatever was popular, you know, and um, that helped us be who we are, but it hurt us in expansion, you know. So, is there a possible is uh, release date? Do you guys have a release date? Are we still? Yeah, we, we, still some final editing that needs to be done. You want to talk talk about that? I mean, we, we're we're like. Interviews are pretty much done. We're just getting some like B roll, some like just mm. little kind of like culture pieces of like putting people together. Like we just mm -hmm. did Odyssey and Rosenberg and mm. Diamond District, kind of walking like you know walking walking that path. Um, so we're doing those pieces. Then post. Then you got to sell it and then premiere. So yeah, probably just like next year, top of next year. Um, I don't want I want to say a highlight, but um, when you got a yes for this person to do the interview, which which which, which I go, oh, we pulled that one off. Who was it? Hey, honestly, for me, it just... Odyssey? No, it was Wale, honestly. <laughs> because, like you, Iron, he took a few attempts. Like, we had to go out there. We had to go to L.A. to actually go interview him. Wow. And then he gave us the runaround kind of a whole the whole day. and um, But he finally did it, and it was great. But, yeah, I would say when we got Wale, it was like... Because Wale is at the very middle of all of it, you know? Yeah. No matter if you like it or not, that's it, what it is. It wasn't the same for me, because, you know, I've known Wale for a long time, so it was <laughs> more like, my, it was like my get, cousin. Get, get on the phone, I, I know I got to go through some yeah. steps, you know what I'm saying? I know, but my, you my cousin, because <laughs> we might not have talked since three months, you know what I mean? But you better do this interview, so it was a little bit different for me. I mean, I you know, of course, I appreciate him as a brother of mine, but, um, yeah, I, I would have... He know we would have had a problem if he would have, yeah, he just t totally turned us down. So. What do you think is one of the biggest misconceptions? Like, this documentary is going to clear up this misconception about hip-hop in D.C. That's a good question. Um, I think ahead. the first misconception would be that we had a lot of DP, these um, rap artists from since the 80s. You know? I don't, I don't, I don't, I'll be honest with you, the, 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 the first rap artist I ever saw was late 80s. Mm. 89, maybe 90? And then and the signings like Question Mark Asylum right. uh, and stuff like that. Right. But but then here's the hard part. It's hard to be a DC artist where the rest of the pool of hip-hop is stealing from your stuff. So mm -hmm. Salt and Pepper stealing your thunder. Kid and Play stealing your thunder. Uh, shoot, Rassin's probably the biggest hook of their life. Jay-Z took it. Mm -hmm. Right. I what mean, was, what was Jay's? Jay's response was like, you know, 
y'all borrow from us, so why why can't we take? Yeah, go go takes everything from everybody yeah, else. That's that, what yeah, he said. Yeah, that's, a, that was his. There's a, there's a difference between a cover and a copyright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we cut co- we cover everything. We don't copyright. Right, we, right, we right. Co- there's a cover and a copyright, yeah. but I think I think it, it had a hard time finding its footing. And again, we had to get over ourselves. Yeah. We had to get over ourselves on some is Bama. Like even even the street guys like. Did y'all really appreciate Section Eight Mafia? Yeah, Section the Eight. Oi, the Oi Boys. Did y'all really appreciate? Like, y'all want everything to be super street? Did y'all Did y'all appreciate that? Not like they should have. Not no. like they, not like they should have. They weren't. You know, they were very known and very popular, but not. We didn't push them out. We were still heavy into the go go, man. We, you know, but you know, it, like it's, you know, I, we talked about this in the doc. You know. Go-Go gave us everything that hip-hop was offering. It gave mm. us, we had our own style. Yep. We had our own economy. Yep. We had our own advertising to get the music out to people. Yep. Um, we had our own music that connected to neighborhoods. Yep. That, that you could, it's the one thing to get a shout-out on a hip-hop tape, but you can go live and get a shout-out right there on the spot. And it's, you know, arguably the best performance you're going to see, the best party, the best show that you're going to get, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what that's what's going to make you go five I, times a week, paying 25 Fifty dollars for women for, for for a band that you saw earlier this week. Yes, indeed. I think uh, DC didn't really see what hip hop had to offer until the music videos. For when sure. it was just songs, it was cool. It was like, yeah, it's, it's, it, lack of a better word, might have been a novelty. Mm-hmm. Might have been a novelty, but once they saw it, like, yo, like the music videos, like, I, I, and I, I was here, so I watched it. Mm-hmm. I, I watched it. Like they started paying attention. Like, okay, the Dapper Dan stuff. And stuff like that. That, that, that. that kind of started to filter. DC ain't never dressed like Grandmaster Flash, <laughs> never dressed like Run DMC, never uh-huh. dressed like Houdini. Well. Did none of that. Until the Rock Him that looked a little cooler. Mm-hmm. Didn't dress like no Joe Ski Love. Mm. Didn't dress like none of that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when it when it when it kind of had a better, better looking pivot to it, it kind of it kind of got involved. And then those then those artists became performing artists that came here to do a do a do one song. But then smart enough not to go after the band, no. Yeah, Heavy D, you got three big records, but you do not want to go after these dudes crank for 25 minutes straight. You'll you'll get your feelings hurt. You running man yourself right back to Mount Vernon. I mean, I got an interesting take on on that whole thing. Like, DC is a beautiful story. Like, it doesn't, I don't feel I feel like everything happened at the right time. Like, I, I our that. fact that the go-go dominated, like, we weren't trying to be like New York. This so it's so beautiful. I feel like like screw it, like like still screw New York, like you know what I'm saying. Oh, like I, DC experience is yeah, there are select few who couldn't take advantage of you know because they wanted to be hip hop artists and, and being catapulted to like national international stardom. Yeah, but at the same time we beca- we stayed ourselves, and I feel like we're the only city, the black city in the United States of America who truly like stayed ourselves for a very long time. Until maybe just recently. Well, I, I, like I, like I've said this story before, and I think I even shared it with you guys. A very controversial mindset on Go Go, and my thing is Go Go, you're the most charmed music of all time. Mm-hmm. You're charmed based on the fact that you did not explode. You you still literally have absolute control over your genre. Yeah. Corporate America hasn't stepped in and ruined it for you. You're not inundated. With people asking you to water down whatever you're doing, yeah. the question like, and here's my stupid analogy I use. Yes, Fifty Cent in the club is bigger than any Go Go song, but Fifty Cent can't tour Queens for thirty five years. Mm. He can't. 
Backyard Band will be playing three more times this week. It mm-hmm. is Monday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're going to play three more times this week. So the same audience. There is no new 200 people. Yeah. They were just playing it Safeway. I saw on Instagram. It went locally viral. Exactly. So 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 they so I think the charm, the the the, the very the very thing that quote unquote go go wants will be its poison. Mm-hmm. And it's a big secret too. Like, you know, I'm in the film industry, so we go around the country and stuff like that. And you know, you know, they talk about people they know that are from this area, so they know. Big G from as Slim Shaw's on the wire. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, man, you know, G is like the the lead mic of like one of the most popular, if not the most popular go-go, go-go band of all time. And they'd be like, what? Like, are you serious? What is go-go? Like, they're just blown away. I'm like, yeah, at home he's known for, I mean, he's a giant in this music and compared to his his acting career. And they, they're blown away. I'm like, yeah, man, it's a, and they, they want to know more about it. You know what I'm saying? So like, yeah, it's, it's deep. And, and, and like you said, man, uh, with the, with the, with with the music and everything, it does it doesn't exactly have to leave here to survive. It's self sustaining. Right. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's an like you said, it's an economy of its own. Mm-hmm. You don't you don't need a a a, a, a text blast. Mm-hmm. You don't need a flyer. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, when the last time was there a go go poster? Got, yeah, yeah. There's no need for that stuff. Yeah. People people know where you are. They kind of follow follow the whole thing. And yeah. so, do you think because you guys have done uh, the the hip hop one? That the go-go community will be like, hey, that you you jumped a step. Chucky Thompson was working on one with um mm-hmm. well, uh, with Kirk Frazier. With Kirk Frazier, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. I believe they're still working on that one. Yeah. So there was no overlap. Like we just felt like this was a a story that was was true to us as well. So you know, and there's a lot of go-go stories to be told. We might still do one. Yeah, yeah. They had one on on TV one not too long ago. But yeah, I, I would love to. It'd be it, it had to be like a ten part series because you got to start. I mean, yeah, it's, it's just nah. to tell it right. So many, so many forgotten bands. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm yeah. just talking about from the '80s. Yeah. yeah. Before the alphabets, like the forgotten. Man. And you know, I, I was I always found it very majestic. The big names of go-go bands, like Rare Essence, is not. That's up there with Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's big. That's it. It's not like we like we 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 little Mike and, and the Tyrells. Like no, we're Rare Essence. We're Experience Unlimited. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. these big lofty, lofty names. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trouble Funk, not so much. <laughs> but those other ones, those are like you know, like these 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 pure giant, elegance, yeah, pure yeah, elegance. Yeah. These huge, uh-huh. like these, like what are like. Like who put the battery in your back? Like, like, but, but, but it, but it works. But it works. Now, the thing with, uh, uh with all the hip hop stuff here uh, in, in growing, do you see us being a viable place? Well, and every, every, everybody wants to be the next Atlanta. Do you see DC trying to be the next Atlanta, or DC will just be its own microcosm for itself? You know what? One thing we haven't brought up, which is another reason why Atlanta was able to take off from my, from what I watched, was the cost of living. So a lot of people that were in the industry, DJs that were kind of middle ground, that maybe touring, that weren't, you know, making multi-millions, but making maybe a couple hundred thousand, you take that money down to Atlanta, right, um, your money doubles. So if you're able to live a national schedule and make national money and bring that to Atlanta, you know, you could have a mansion. You could have. So a lot of the industry had moved down to Atlanta early. A lot of people from New York had gotten offices and stuff like that and was making their money kind of double and triple down there. So that was a, a good base. So, yeah, to get... I don't know if everybody has to move here for us to take off. I think we just have to be proud to be unified and proud to be um, proud to be out there, which was, I think, held up early because it was just like all about D.C., Maryland. You really couldn't say, you know what I mean? You could really couldn't throw your flag back then. Virginia, you really couldn't throw and your then, flag, even though they were involved in the economy. You know what and I mean? And then somebody got to put up that big bag of money, like, 
you know, mm. with Atlanta, you know, L.A. Reed, L.A. Babyface came there and they they started building infrastructure. I think one thing that we've heard over and over and over again is we ain't got no infrastructure. We don't have the things and the support from our government. Um, you know, there are a lot of tax credits in, in Atlanta. There are a lot of, you know, arts programs that are supported by the industry there. So, mm. like... Um, Mayor Bowser, if you you know, like yeah. let's put up some money. Let's um let you know somebody like a Wale, somebody, um, Kenny come back, you know, and 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 put that put a bag up. Yeah, a lot know? of people don't know, like when you see a lot of programs that were um shot in Atlanta, when you see that Georgia Peach at the end or that mm-hmm. here that made in Georgia, that's a tax write-off. Yeah. So if you just by putting what? that yeah, putting mm-hmm. that logo and putting and having the made in Georgia, yeah, that's tax write-off. Yeah. So yeah. like wait, stuff wait, like wait, that. wait, wait, wait. Let's that peach at the bottom right hand corner. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Is a tax write-off. Yeah, it's already a tax write-off to shoot in Georgia, but you get an extra write-off just by putting that that made in Georgia logo at the end of wow. your stamp. Yeah. And, and no one and we haven't figured that out. <laughs> I think, yeah. you know, they I, probably I, they don't I care. Don't think we have to put two drumsticks <laughs> at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's a bonus, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, they should. Yeah. They should. Wow. Yeah. That's that's yeah. one of the challenges that we come like me and Six, we're really starting to get into more narrative films. Um, but it's we have the we actually just shot our last um one of Six's last short films right before the pandemic in the Virgin Islands. Um, and they were very accommodating us. And to get that kind of support here, there are some tax credits, there are some benefits, but it's it's hard, man. There's a lot of red tapes. There's, as you, as you know, like there's the federal jurisdiction, there's the local jurisdiction. So it's so many different people you have to get permits for. There's so little money that you can pull from. Like Atlanta blew up they because there's these huge tax credits because they're so welcoming. And, and D.C. is... A little welcoming. Yeah. I think Atlanta did a better job of, of putting their local artists on the radio. You know what I mean? I, you know, we well, worked in well, radio. You know. Well, let's let, let's talk about Uh-oh. the elephant in the room. <laughs> mm. The elephant in the room is people have felt like uh, radio wasn't supportive of the local music. Well, yeah, and it wasn't. I would have to somewhat agree. Part of it is that the higher infrastructure of radio. They're not vested. They're not Washingtonians. For sure. Uh-huh. So if this guy's born and raised in Biloxi, he does he doesn't he doesn't have this beautiful feeling in his spine going, oh, one of us is in the room. Yeah. Right. He doesn't get that. And mm-hmm. also, we you know we probably telling you look like a Bama, and our girls aren't our beautiful females that we known for aren't crawling all over you or jumping or like giving you this welcoming feeling. So you yeah you're extra not vested in, in, in the community. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. almost it's a it's a uh, underlying like animosity, I feel like that comes from you know people that that aren't from here, which I get. You know what I mean? Like people want to be loved, man. So, but, but yeah, yeah. For instance, like like Wale, for instance, how many like hit records or charting records he hit, has he had? So many, like mm-hmm. you know, has to be 15, 20, whatever. Mm-hmm. Not one record has been broken here in D.C. You know, outside of maybe Dig Dug, like early on, but like like radio, like national, international hits, not one. The only record that's ever been broken in D.C. is Crew. By Shy Glizzy and um and Gold Link and Brent Fires. That's the only record. And, and shout out to to Bacon Bear and um Malcolm, Malcolm Xavier mm-hmm. who really worked that record really really hard to make sure that happened here. But why aren't we breaking more records? Yeah, he was on the cover. <laughs> he was on the cover of Double XL, which was huge for DC. I mean, he was like even out of the ten freshmen, he was like in front, like. I remember when they had the the, uh, the three cover page, mm-hmm. and you only could see like three of the, art- the ten artists. He was center of the, you know what I mean? Um, shout out to his record label for making you know making sure that happened. And his records were not being played on DC radio. It's not like hey, 
let's champ, you know what I mean? Regular rotation. Let's do it. Let's push it. Let's this is our guy. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And so that, Are that, we beyond that now? Do you think DC now will champion anything? Ooh, uh, mm-hmm. radio, no, but you don't have to depend on radio, obviously, because people are getting signed without it. But mm-hmm. um, I hear the common thing like, well, people got to make a hit and people got to do this. But if, and, if people and, are getting and, signed and without that radio. neighborhood stuff. And that neighborhood stuff. Oh, the beef, so, yeah. so the neighborhood beefs, like I can't support him because he's from over there. For and, sure. Mm-hmm. I can't support him because he's from over there. For sure. So we, we haven't grown. Yeah, I mean, other places that have beefs been able to do it. Atlanta, Memphis, it's some he- Chicago, it's some, it's some heavy. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's, Who it's, beats harder than Chicago? Yeah, you know. So I, you know, I it's it's a reason, but not it shouldn't be a barrier. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 a barrier, but it can't it can't stop us. It shouldn't stop us. I, I know in your documentary you were also able to get some of the younger artists, not mm-hmm. just the veterans. Mm-hmm. You were able to get some. Could you name some of the people you were able to talk to? So other new, I guess, of the new generation. Corday, yeah, um, um, all of JG, JG Riff, Black Fortune, um, Big Flock, Recipes Gunu. We got Gunu. Oh, Gunu before he passed. Yeah, rest in peace. Um, we just did the rest in peace twenty three rocks. We didn't actually get to interview him, but we we filmed his um his his candlelight visual um recently, which is which was super um super tragic, super sad situation. Um, mm. but then yeah, all one thing that we also come across like all the people that passed. In the making of this wow. documentary, you know, like we just said, Gunu, Twenty Three Racks, and then you know, those obviously, um, Chucky, Chucky, Tom. Chucky Tom, mm-hmm. um, I'm I'm just happy that we we got to to interview some of those people and document our and then tell the stories of, of some of the people who, who we weren't able to interview. There there are two sides to DC, right? And I think everybody around the world knows DC as being the political, mm-hmm. you know, epicenter of the entire world, right? Mm-hmm. And but for us, real Washingtonians, real people from the DMV area, that's not the case. We can, we don't care what's going on at the White House and the Capitol and all that stuff. And, but these are our, this is our stories. This is the stories of the real DC. The stories of, of the rich history of of go go to, you know, the hip hop, um, you know, trendsetters that we had here and how we felt like New York is a bunch of Bamas and how separated we are from DC, Maryland, Virginia being one small area, but you know, we we're totally different, but trying to figure out how we can work together. So just like DC, man, it's it's just an amazing place. And and you know, it isn't about what bills get passed here. It's about like real people, people. like me and you. The people. Mm-hmm. I think the uh one of the things that makes your story uh, so important is that it, it may be the one thing that ties everyone together. Maybe after seeing this, everyone will see the errors. Like, wow, this is the moment we could have been in Atlanta and this is what we didn't do. Wow, this is the moment where that, that label could have been death row and we didn't do it. Like, Chucky had a full-fledged label here. A couple mm-hmm. people, yeah. Chucky, Rich mm-hmm. Harrison. Rich Harrison had a full-fledged label here. Kenny Burns. Kenny Burns, um, Burns had a full-fledged label here. Raheem, Raheem and Dre. And Dre. Um, a full-fledged BOA. label. BOA, yeah. It just, yeah. It, just, it just goes on and on with people expending resources, but our inability to cohesively work together? Yeah, I think um, there's, there's like, a underlying thing of, like, all right, once you get to a certain level, if you don't move... Um, you, you kind of like freeze, right? So like a, a lot of our artists move to LA or move to Atlanta, which is kind of true. You can get stuck here, but I think it's like mm-hmm. once you get out there, reaching back, reaching back, who's that next artist that's at that ceiling that you need to pull and hey, come out to LA, come out to, you know, or let me come back home and do a song with you and bring the whole, 
bring the whole neighborhood out. I haven't, I haven't, I might have to say I haven't seen that. You don't see that often. Like mm. you used to see in other cities, like a big rapper comes back and the whole, you know, it's three or four artists that you've seen from there. And I, yeah, it could be the beefs, you know what I mean? But I think, I well, think I love to see that. That's one huge thing that's a part of this documentary that, that is a heated conversation, like debatable conversation in this, um, this whole thing. So like, what is the DMV start? Where does it begin? I have an answer for that. Okay. Well, oh, let's say because we have we got a couple answers for that. Yeah, my my, yeah, my answer is there isn't there isn't a physical line. Oh. The, it is it is is it's the mentality of the people. So, if the, if the capital is the center, all directions from the capital. Mm-hmm. The moment where go go is not does not seep into your soul. That's where it ends at. Mm. The moment there is no carry out with mambo <laughs> sauce. Is where it ends at, mm. but it's the go-go pulse. If you get so far out, the go like the go-go doesn't literally. You know what I'm saying? Like you know right. what go-go is, man. Sure. Go-go is a, it's almost spiritual. Mm-hmm. It's almost gospel. So right. if it doesn't feel like the gospel in you, that's just where it ends. There is but, no, there and, is it, no and then so that's one way of looking yeah. at it. Some people say within four ninety five, like in, inside the Beltway, the last metros. The where, where is the metros <laughs> stop? This yeah, is the last, where the last. Some people goes. say yeah. that it is literally D.C., Maryland, and Virginia in its entirety. Yeah. Hagerstown. I don't think Hagerstown is, uh, is uh, shout out to Hagerstown. Yeah, shout out to Hagerstown, but I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't. But but here's the thing: Gogo's been welcoming to everybody, mm-hmm. so Gogo's always been welcoming. So if you if you really want to honestly feel what the city feels like and why that energy has not died and why it still bubbles, why someone like a Joe Button to this day is still talking about I didn't understand Gogo till I went. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the biggest podcasters out there I said I didn't I, I until um, until I went. A lot of people, a lot of people say that. Until, until, like until Peace Thu said that, um, but a lot of people like said I didn't appreciate Go Go till I walked in those doors and heard those drums. Mm-hmm. Man, and I'm, I'm gonna be honest, it's 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 spiritual, bro. It's yeah, it, it's, is. it's, it's you, it, it is. You see the girls, it's, you see the guys, you see the guys. It's, it's church. <laughs> yeah. it, 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 it is a yeah. it is a different level of a church. But yeah. guys, again, I'm excited for the documentary. Please keep us updated. Appreciate you, man. As, as you guys are building on the final stages, um, maybe we'll have you come back again. Oh, we'll uh, be back. Yeah, we'll back again, and especially back, when everything's yeah. done. Mm-hmm. So you guys could uh, definitely do that. But again, congratulations on it. I'm excited to be in it. I'm excited to watch it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this was homegrown. Don't forget, we're going to be basically talking about all things DC. Uh, DC's never been any square miles. It's a mentality. It's a heart. It's a pulse. You one of us or you're not one of us, but you're welcome to come. Talk to him. Homegrown. Uh, I told him, uh, and I said, look right there, boy. Uh, and I said, look right there, boy. Uh, and I said, look right there. When we booming and we booming in the atmos, hey.